Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me this time. We're going to get to the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the right to free speech on this edition. And, of course, the leftists are as interested in the right to free speech as those on the right side of the issue. And the Supreme Court, by the way, the left is always trying to shut down free speech for those on the right. But when it comes to their opportunities to express themselves any way they want to, they want to run nude through a ball game. They want the the right to be able to do that. Freedom of expression. They want to moon the president. They want the right to do that. It's all free speech, right? And that's precisely what the U.S. Supreme Court did to uh, affirm the the right to uh, drag queens to do whatever, I guess, they want to do in the presence of six and seven-year-olds. A federal judge in Orlando had ruled that the Florida law that restricted drag shows for kids was violating the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, saying that it was specifically designed to suppress the speech of drag queen performers. And the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the decision. Was that a surprise to you? It, it was, in one sense. I think it, it's in the details of this as to how it came to the court um, and how the court saw it being applied too universally and the language being imprecise. Um, so I think it, I think we have to kind of step back and say, okay, how's this going to play out in the long run? Will it be appealed to the Supreme court again on a different basis? Um, but the Supreme court should, first of all, defer to God's law and the Supreme court should rule not just constitutionally, but biblically on this. And, and the Constitution rests firmly on the foundation of God's Word, the Bible. It's not the Constitution that is the ultimate authority in this situation, in any situation. It's God's law that's the ultimate authority. The Constitution flows from that. The Constitution rests upon that. I'm reminded I'm teaching the uh, Common Sense by Thomas Paine, which was very uh, instrumental in galvanizing the, the colonists to to continue to fight for the War of Independence, according to George Washington. And Thomas Paine uh, said, we need a constitution, a charter, he called it. And he, he, said, he suggested a, a yearly celebration in which the charter, the constitution, would be brought out resting upon God's word. And on top of that constitution would be a crown, and it would be paraded among the people. And at the end of the parade, the crown would be broken apart and scattered among the people to show that, the, that the, our Constitution rests upon the Word of God, but that it's not an elitist government, that the, the power rests in the people. If only we had followed that, if only our founders had adopted that particular ceremony and celebration, I think we would not be as far down the road as we are now. Chief Justice John Roberts went with the majority or the liberals on the decision. Clarence Thomas, uh, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch dissented. Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett did the wrong thing. Uh, Kavanaugh, my guess is he's going to continue down this road. That would be my assessment to this. The court refused to revive the Florida law that banned children from adult live performances in this decision, the law had barred lewd conduct that, taken as a whole, is without serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value for the age of the child, as one of the definitions in the Florida law. 
So, wow. Well, historically, let me just give you a little bit of a caveat here. Going back to Ginsburg v. New York in 1968, Supreme Court decisions relating to obscene magazines, it, uh, it did not allow the distribution of obscene magazines to minors and uh, made an exception for, which is, I know this is a little bit difficult to hear, but the prohibition against the sale to minors of material considered obscene for their age in the statute did not bar parents who so desired purchasing magazines for their children. Now, so that's, that's what we've got here sick, is but. It, it's autonomy. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, uh, it's, again, not recognizing God's law. And so in that case, the Supreme Court said, well, we're going to defer to parental authority, which is odd, right? They Given usually what, don't do that. They usually don't <laughs> do that. Especially the liberal courts, yeah. Right. But All except for this one exception. Except for this, mm. yeah. And, and the problem is they're saying that parents have the authority to decide what is lewd or improper or, or pornographic or purient to their children. And that's not what God's word says. God's word gives parents the responsibility of raising godly children, and they are accountable to God. If they do not do what they're supposed to do, they are violating their jurisdiction, and another jurisdiction will step in. For example, I'm thinking of something much milder than this, and I'm thinking of curfew laws. Why is it that we have curfew laws? The state owns the roads. Well, for one thing, my, my children could be out at mm-hmm. 2 a.m. in the morning if I gave them permission and they were younger or if they had a job and, and they, they had my permission to be out. It's when children are running amok that we have curfew laws. In other words, when parents are not overseeing their household, when they're not taking responsibility for their children and children are not obeying their parents and not obeying the law. When one jurisdiction doesn't take responsibility, abdicates its responsibility, another jurisdiction will step in. Just as nature abhors a vacuum, so does jurisdiction. So we have curfew laws because parents are not exercising authority in their household, and government steps in. That's what, that's what needs to happen when you have abuse in the family. Government will step in. The law will take over. Let me back up just a few steps here because I do believe that we need to be applying biblical law, and biblical law is very strong, on severe forms of sexual perversion that is uh, touted in public and private settings. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court already ruled in Lawrence v. Texas and Obergefell to ultimately obliterate all laws that would prohibit homosexual marriage or homosexual public activity. And so they've already approved of the worst abominations known to man. Yeah. So check, check. That's already been done by Obergefell, Lawrence v. Texas. So why should we listen to the Supreme Court to set the standard? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've already done this horrible, horrible thing. And so if the Supreme Court is going to approve of drag shows to educate children in their new worldview, this revolutionary form of sexuality and society that's been imposed upon the nation, it just doesn't surprise me. That once you've realigned this, the, 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 the biblical view, the ultimately fundamental social view in relation to issues like marriage and sexuality, you've already taken massive revolutionary steps to obliterate all appropriate social constraints 
to the sorts of things that break down human society, why not an educational program on it? Yeah. You know, they're educating the kids. This is what it's all about. I think there should be, well, at the least, a death penalty for homosexual child rape, at the very least, from a biblical view of justice. Now, what we have here is a lesser form of grooming, I suppose. It is, it is grooming. It's recruitment. It is the softening of the barriers that are natural in children. It removes the barriers and then allows, allows people access to children's uh, desires that they shouldn't have. To prevent children from being indoctrinated into the system at four, five, six years of age is hard to do, given that the Supreme Court of the United States has declared all of this behavior normative and protected by the state. Yeah. So it's even harder to prevent children from being indoctrinated into the system already encouraged and approved by the U.S. Supreme Court with parentalist consent. Parents want it. Parents have been indoctrinated, and now they want their children indoctrinated into a terribly destructive form of sexuality. It's just tough. This is where our society has come to today. It's, it's, I always hear people say, who would take their children to a drag queen show? And I'm telling you, after seeing what happened in Douglas County here. They do it. They, they do, do it. it. They, they happily drag their, well, their little children and take them by the hand, sit them down, and, and, and applaud and cheer when the drag queen you know, lip syncs to a, a popular song, despite men standing in, in opposition to this, yeah. the, the parents, most of them lesbian women, will, will encourage their children to take part in such perversion. And of course, it starts with the U.S. Supreme Court doing what they did. And then, of course, all the educational programs that go along with it, with the decision made by the highest court of the land. Now, I think there should be boundaries. Absolutely. There should be boundaries for public and private acts of sexual perversion, whether it be rape, incest, polyconfusionality, or bestiality, or whatever it is. But once the U.S. Supreme Court has approved of that, Bill, they've approved of rape and incest and polyconfusionality or bestiality, once they've approved of it and they've established it in a U.S. Supreme Court decision, it's really hard to prevent schools and libraries from teaching kids about these forms of sexual perversion. And that's my point. Okay, we'll be back with more on this question of free speech in just a moment on Generations. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. 
please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. We are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. So much has changed in the world around us today. Here's a super thoughtful article or an interview that was done. I think it was Breitbart, if I'm not mistaken. Free speech has never been easier or more at risk. It says the digital revolution has upended so many things that even free speech and how we define it, enforce it, and build our laws around it is under threat. Multiple venues, especially social media, allow people's perspective to take flight fluently. Globally, frequently, pick your format, print audio, video images. You can easily put ideas in front of an audience, huge audiences, potentially. The culture of free speech is also under steady and ever more sophisticated assaults, perhaps because its ubiquity is threatening to any person or institution that holds an opposing viewpoint and so forth and so on. That is, it seems increasingly, Bill, like Babel. Now, talk to me about the Tower of Babel for just a moment. Yeah, it was was man's attempt to to unify in rebellion against God, to build up man. It was the ultimate humanist expression. Which is a lot like what we have attempted yes, to do, you know? Is. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. So uh, God said, I'm going to send confusion yeah. down on them. And in, in the form of speech, yeah. really. Right. So that, and what do we see today? Boy, confusion, it sounds like a babble. Confusion in the forms of speech. We, wow. Words have, no longer have meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, even among the the same speakers, or, or what they mean to some group exactly. means just the opposite, or something different for another group. Right. And you have a billion groups. Yep. Call it Facebook. Call it Twitter. Call it I don't know. There's all these groups online. You ever seen these? Um, what do they call them? Um, the number sign. The number sign, and then you get oh, some the hashtag. Group. Hashtag. Thank yeah. you. I'm supposed to know this yeah. stuff. I don't even know this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you get this hashtag thing, right? And what is that? Just all the different groups right. that develop and crowd around certain words and certain ideas and certain, and how many of those are there? How many hashtags do you think there are? Oh, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds, no, there's more than that. Millions, hundreds of millions, perhaps in the billions. Yeah. How in the world do you get all of that to agree with each other? It's impossible. Yeah. Guys, this is where we are today. The level of social chaos brought about by the internet is making it more difficult to maintain the unity, political unity, geographical unity, community. It's hard to know if chaos and utter disintegration of society is better than tyranny. Which is better? Well, see, that's the tension right now. Is utter disintegration and chaos within society better than tyrannical control? Which is the better value here? Again, no. we're looking at two ditches, aren't we? Yeah, we are. It's interesting because one of the marks of of a country uh, being unique is that they have a common language. And, and some and some degree of ideology and things yes. that they unite around. Right. And what we're seeing is a breakdown of that very thing in our nation. Yes. And, and throughout the world. Yep. Throughout the world. Now, think about this for a moment, Bill. In 1760, you're a revolutionary. Okay, just a you know French Revolution, right? There you are hanging out with Voltaire and Rousseau and the rest of the guys. So it's a revolutionary age. You want to make a whole bunch of people mad and get them to grab their pitchforks and rope and head out to hang people or cut off their heads with a guillotine or whatever. I'm not saying you're that kind of guy, but let's just right. say you were out there. What would you have to do? You'd have to print up a bunch of handbills, which would cost you 
some pretty significant money. Yeah. It wasn't like printing was easy. You can't, where's my Xerox machine? Right. No, no, you got to print up a bunch of handbills, go door to door and distribute your handbills everywhere. Now you're busy making a living. You're barely making, I think on average back then they were making about $3,200 a year on average, the average worker, 3,200 a year. I'm talking about $65,000 a year. You're barely getting by in 3,200 a year. Okay. Now you don't have a bunch of time to do this kind of thing. Now, fast forward to 2023. Okay. You want to get a bunch of people mad, grab some pitchforks, rope, head out the hang folks or whatever. Okay. Facebook it, Twitter it. You follow me? You see the difference, Bill? You have plenty of time now. You have plenty of time. Actually, you have a lot of time to, to gossip and to slander and to mess around on the internet. Yep. Create an evolu- revolution. You, you, no big deal. You can do it just like that. You see the difference? I'll never forget the story of the sportscaster who was slammed by some troll over and over again. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? A troll? Mm-hmm. Internet troll sitting in yeah. the basement. Lives under trolling, a bridge. Yeah, living, live under a bridge. Yes, i.e. the basement. Yeah, yeah. He's trolling on a sportscaster. Well, one day the sportscaster showed up at his house with cameras rolling. The troll turned out to be a pretty nice guy. <laughs> what am I saying? That when you're, when you're doing this stuff on the internet, you're, you're, you're anonymous. You're not in relationship. You have the highest possibility of creating the highest level of chaos that has ever been known to man. Now, am I, am I on tra- track here or am I just, yeah. just expressing an opinion that's maybe a little bit too mm, hyperbolic? No, I don't think so. I, I think the ability to cause disruption and to to garner um, chaos, to to foment chaos, is much easier now. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. A lot of Tinder, a lot of sparks flying. A lot of Tinder, a lot of sparks flying. Friends, the potential of the internet doing a lot of harm, pretty high actually. And the move from now, this is what's happened, Bill. The move from NBC, ABC, CBS. Remember the cartel? Yeah. This is before Fox News. Big three. Think about 1993. Okay. You were alive then. Yeah. I was too. I was running for governor in 1994. And by the way, I was not endorsed by ABC, NBC, or CBS. I was not endorsed by any of those guys. I wasn't endorsed by a single media outlet in Colorado. Can you believe that? I don't gather that you're bitter about that. I'm just a little upset. Hmm. But Bill, it was a cartel, right? You had the cartel of NBC, ABC, and CBS, and they were all pro-abortion. They would never have endorsed Denver Post, Rocky Mountain Snooze. None of them would have endorsed Kevin Swanson as the pro-life candidate for governor in 1994. Okay? Right. Now, the move from NBC, ABC, and CBS cartel into the mass confusion of every crazy opinion, every revolutionary incendiary speech mass-produced is really quite a transition. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it, it's quite a transition. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. I'm, I'm not undermining free speech here. I actually like to maximize free speech as much as possible. But, but, caveat, what if the hearts of men are in the wrong place and free speech turns into a means by which to utterly destroy the unity of family, church, and every institution known to man? What if there is little integrity left on the left or the right to deliberately report the true facts, but rather... To deliberately lie. What, what happens then? In other words, we get freedom when we take responsibility. Does that make sense? Yeah. If we give up on self-government, we will 
find ourselves saddled to tyranny. And that's precisely what our forefathers said. They, 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 and I've applied this to different things, but I'm applying it to the area of free speech. What was it that uh, Benjamin Franklin said? Either you'll be governed by God or by God you'll be governed. Yeah. Either you'll be governed by God's law when it comes to the freedom of speech or by God's providence, man, you are going to be tyrannized. You're going to be governed. You are going to experience the most tyranny cracking down on you that you could ever imagine. So my point is this, that in order to maintain the right to free speech in a free country, Bill, there has to be a measure of self-government here. Well, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, John Adams said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Right. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. If you do not have people who are self-governed by God's law, then you will end up with a tyranny of the elite or a tyranny by a tyrant. Um, but we have now become a tyranny of the minutia of laws. And that's what's going to happen. I yeah. think on this issue of free speech, guys, I think we're heading this direction. The problem with our country fundamentally is that we are no longer self-governed. It's hard to believe that tyrants won't jump into this anarchical fray and toss out the Constitution, create a dictatorship, and attempt to maintain some form of social unity by sheer tyranny. I mean, that's, that's the direction we're headed here. There are limits to free speech. I mean, there's a limit to what we can do according to Scripture. You can't just lie and slander people publicly without getting sued for it, Bill. Now, the Bible has much to say of this. The book of Proverbs has much to say on the control of the tongue, not to lie, not to slander, not to air every evil thought you've ever maintained about some other person. You can't do that. You're not to gossip and slander people. You can get sued for that kind of stuff. You can't just report fake news and false news without repercussions. There's too much fake news and false news. The government's going to shut the system down. If irreverence for government gets to a fever pitch and there's no fear of the king, as the Bible says, eventually the king will come down on you with or without the First Amendment. I'm just saying. Ecclesiastes 10.28, think of this. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for a bird of the air will carry your voice as a winged creature tell the matter. Remember that? That's, that's kind of an interesting verse. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's going to get around. It's going to get around. The king's going to hear about it one way or the other. Exodus 22, verse 28, you shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. So friends, freedom of speech is always limited. The scriptures have much to say about it. Tell the truth. Apologize when you get it wrong and correct it. Emphasize the things that are important. Don't get caught up in questionable and quarrelsome matters. Distinguish carefully between that which is certain, that which is not certain. How are we going to salvage social unity in an age of a billion online communities without real human interaction? Well, first and foremost, let's make sure we're maintaining this in the church community. Where we go to our brother, we're offended by him. Go directly to him. Don't Facebook him. Don't text him. Don't, don't even email. If you've got something with your brother, he got something against you, you just go to him. Get in the car, drive over to his house, and talk to him. This is just basic biblical communication. This is what Jesus wants us to do. The world gives way to isolation and transience and and. And then anonymity, right? The troll thing. Right. That's what the world does. The world trolls away and gossips away and leaves the church and gossips about other churches and, and just tears the whole church apart. That's what the, the world is all about. And this is the death of relationships and humanity. This is where it is. We as Christians, we have a vested interest in pr protecting the church of Jesus Christ. And for the most part, I think we need to ditch social media. 
Maybe, maybe some exceptions to that. How do we know what's true? Well, make sure it's verifiable. Make sure that uh, you're just not trusting everything that you're reading. Be honest. Speak the truth. Don't live by lies. And the biggest lie, of course, sin is okay. Do whatever you want to do. Every form of sexual perversion is okay because we're all animals here. Okay, those are lies. Make sure you identify the big lies. Correct the big lies. Let's have honest churches, self-governed families and churches, decent church discipline, and retain some structure of honest, humble, loving interaction community within the Christian church. Bill, I think that's going to be the only possibility. First and foremost, of salvaging any kind of civilization in the years to come. If it works in the church, Bill, then maybe it'll work out into communities. But yep. we got to make sure we got this going within our own community first. Yeah, judgment begins with the house of the Lord. And that wraps up this edition of Generations, my friends. I'd encourage you to my book, The Story of Freedom, to better understand the strictures of freedom. What, what is freedom? How do we define it? By God's law. How do we maximize liberty? By the standards of God's law. He knows more about this than libertarians do. Come on. He would maximize freedom for us, and he does so by his social system, his system of laws. Okay, you can read the full story on that in the Story of Freedom, available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.